0: Hello, and welcome to the 30th episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm your host, Clint Cubo, and today I have with me Maria Preston. She is a registered respiratory therapist here at Good Samaritan. Thank you for joining me, Maria.
1: Thank you for having me, Clint.
0: Yeah, so could you just take some time and introduce yourself? Give us a little background.
1: Sure. Uh, I've worked here at Good Samaritan for almost eight years, which doesn't seem possible, but it (laughs) is. Uh, I spent the bulk of that time on night shift. I've been on day shift for about seven years. And roughly five years ago, um, our department came up with the role that I have as the respiratory disease navigator.
0: Great. So, just real quickly, could you go into respiratory support services? What types of things do you guys do down there?
1: Sure. So, we do, um, there are about four of us that sort of take turns in this role of what we do for patients on an outpatient basis. So, that could be seeing patients in the clinic for Dr. Grant or uh, patients who are sent to our department by their primary care practitioner. Mm-hmm. So we do oxygen qualification. Um, we might do six-minute walks. Occasionally we'll do arterial blood gases. Sometimes we'll test people uh, uh, with overnight pulse oximeters to see if they need oxygen when they sleep. Mm-hmm. We could give them treatments. We could instruct them on how to use devices like an incentive spirometer or and what we have... Uh, as a device to help them maybe help clear the mucus out of their airways. Sure. We do TB testings and readings. We do alpha-1 testing. Alpha-1 is a type of congenital uh, emphysema. And uh, we instruct patients on how to use um, any new inhalers that Dr. Grant or Natasha or Tracy might start them on.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, So you specialize a lot in COPD, is that correct? Uh,
1: I do a lot of patient education in the bulk. The patients that I talk to do have COPD.
0: Okay, so COPD, for someone who may not know, could you kind of give us a definition of what it is?
1: Sure. So the letters in COPD stand for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So the chronic means it's an ongoing condition that has to be treated similar to any type of heart disease or diabetes. There are medications that we can give you to treat the condition. There's just nothing to make it go away. Uh, The O stands for obstruction, and that refers to what happens in the airways in lungs with COPD. So those people, when they exhale, the airways have a tendency to narrow, and that's what creates the obstruction. The P stands for pulmonary. That's just a pretty word for lungs, and D, of course, stands for disease. Mm -hmm. And the two most common types are chronic bronchitis, and those people are prone to chronic swelling of the inner lining of the airway. They also have mucus that blocks the flow of air. And the other one is emphysema, and typically Um, that's caused by something that you breathe in, whether it's um, cigarette smoke or maybe um, the environment that you work in, Mm -hmm. if it's filled with dust, fumes, or chemicals.
0: Sure. So what are the risk factors for COPD?
1: Smoking is the number one cause of COPD here in this country. And um, not just firsthand cigarette smoke, but secondhand cigarette smoke. I've met several patients over the years who never smoked a cigarette in their life but lived with someone who smoked and ended up with COPD Mm. as a result of that. Uh, I also mentioned environmental factors. So you know, we've met carpenters who are exposed to sawdust. It's anything that you breathe really? in over and over again that the lung doesn't like. Hmm. You know, if you work in a factory where you're exposed to dust or chemicals, that can cause permanent lung damage. Hmm. If you're not provided with a mask to wear sure. while you're working around those substances.
0: huh? That's very interesting. So what are the symptoms of COPD?
1: Uh, COPD, we, we have a tendency not to catch those people that have it until they're in the uh, moderate to severe stages because they, they want to chalk it up to the aging process. So mm-hmm. shortness of breath is number one. They just think they're getting older, maybe they weigh a little more than they did when they were 20. Mm-hmm. They, they chalk it up to their weight. Um, maybe they work long hours. They chalk it up to just being tired. So shortness of breath, um, particularly with exertion, Cough uh, frequent mucus production. Hmm. Those people with chronic bronchitis can cough up quite a bit of mucus every day. Hmm. It's, it's not just like the morning frog that most people with sinus problems right. have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, do a lot of people just kind of chalk it up to allergies? At all, uh, or? Some
1: people might say they have allergies, or if they were a childhood asthmatic, they'll mm. they'll say it's their asthma. But if you're an asthmatic smoker, then chances are pretty good you've gone from asthma to COPD. Wow.
0: Okay. Say someone has COPD and they're still smoking. What can that do to their lungs?
1: It just it makes the COPD worse, and it it helps. Um, make the the progression of the disease worse. Um, Regardless uh, of where you are in life, um, we we always want you to quit smoking, and I realize that's easier said than done, but it was a learned behavior. We're asking you to unlearn that Mm -hmm. behavior. Uh, we have resources to help you. We have freedom from smoking classes here at the hospital. Mm-hmm. There's 1 800 quit now through the state of Indiana. We get a lot of patients from Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, the free quit line there is 1 quit yes. You know, we're creatures of habit. We want you to think of, of what it is, what you're doing when you feel that urge to smoke. Mm -hmm. You know, people crave that morning cigarette, number one, Mm -hmm. because the nicotine levels have fallen in their system overnight while they were sleeping. Uh, Smoking after meals is common. Smoking before you go to bed is common. You know, um when you get up in the morning, if you're used to having the coffee cup in one hand and the (laughs) cigarette in the other, maybe put the coffee cup in the hand that you usually have the cigarette in. Sure. Set in a different chair while you drink your morning cup of coffee. We're creatures of habit. You know, Mm -hmm. when I get up in the morning, I either go to the coffee pot or the bathroom first. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything else. (laughs) So (laughs) we're, we're just asking you to sort of unlearn the habit. Yeah.
0: And for those of you listening who would like more information on some of these smoking resources, we actually did a full episode of the HealthCast on yes. the smoking cessation program. So I will get that um, episode number listed in the description so you all can uh, go listen to that. So um, flu shots every year and pneumonia shot as required. So how does that help your lungs?
1: When you already have a chronic lung condition, it, it puts you at risk for um, catching the flu or getting pneumonia more easily. Mm-hmm. So what we're wanting you to do is, you know, do that ounce of prevention. Um, we we want you to get those flu vaccines and even if you do happen to get pneumonia or the flu, chances are the symptoms will be slightly less than sure. they would be if you were unvaccinated. Mm-hmm.
0: And a lot of people, they think, you know, flu shots, you know, the stomach flu. Right. And um, it's the flu isn't what people generally think.
1: Right, right. So
0: it's more of a respiratory issue, right?
1: Yes. We're talking about a respiratory flu, not the mm-hmm. gastrointestinal flu. Right. You know, a respiratory flu doesn't typically make you vomit or have diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kinds of transient things. And that's kind of been making its way through the community lately. But we're referring to flu A or flu B.
0: OK, so um, you say get regular exercise if you can't exercise, you know, maybe think about pulmonary rehab. Can you talk about um, just the, how severe or not severe is the word I'm looking for? I'm kind of blanking. Um, strenuous exercises. Are you talking about maybe talk about the rehab here?
1: Yeah. When I say get regular exercise, it isn't even something as simple as taking a walk every day, you know, weather permitting. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Lots of the patients that I talk to, you know, I try to talk to them about, you know, what is it that you used to be able to do that you can't do anymore? And lots of people just want to do simple things like be able to walk to their mailbox and back to their house without getting short of breath Mm -hmm. or be able to walk the entire way around the supermarket when they're shopping without having to cut the trip short because they're short of breath. And it seems kind of counterintuitive that I'm asking you to exercise if you're short of breath. (laughs) Um, But we, we, in pulmonary rehab, we start out slow. Um, we had a, a lady that was encouraging other people in pulmonary rehab. She would tell them, you know, when I got here, I could only walk two minutes on their treadmill at a very slow speed. Now I'm up to 20 minutes wow. without stopping. Um, I can't say enough wonderful things about pulmonary rehab, and that can help people who've had COVID, uh, people with COPD, mm-hmm. people with something called interstitial lung disease. Um, the effects of uh, pulmonary rehab on somebody with COPD can help benefit them up to a year after they've finished the program. Wow. So uh, you start out slow, you build yourself up. It, it's a way to build up uh, uh, your reserve, your exercise tolerance, mm-hmm. so you are able to do common everyday activities. Sure. I meet a lot of people in the hospital that get short of breath just watching from the, walking from their couch to the kitchen or the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know. Life is too short. It shouldn't be like that.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Um, what type of stuff do you do in pulmonary rehab?
1: Okay. So we have different machines in pulmonary rehab. We have an armor gometer. It, it, uh, it looks like a bicycle device that sits on a tabletop, and that's to help build upper body strength, mm-hmm. and it's like pedaling a bicycle with your hands. Yeah. We have stationary bicycles. Um, we have an aerodyne bicycle where you're kind of rowing with your hands at the same time that you're pedaling the bike. We have um, – New step machines, which are kind of like a seated elliptical. So you're rowing as you're pedaling with your feet. We have um, treadmills. And there are up to four people at a time in in the room together. So those people kind of become each other's cheerleaders. There's always somebody in there who might be a little bit worse than you or somebody who has been worse than you that can kind of encourage you.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you see very much camaraderie?
1: Oh, very much so. Uh, Because they all find a common thread, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, A lot of those people don't want to go to a regular gym to exercise because they don't want to be around able-bodied people. Sure. Uh, They're coming here where they're around other people that also have breathing issues. So, you know, you don't look funny because you have oxygen on. Um, You you don't look funny because you came into the room with a mask on. Mm -hmm. You you kind of feel part of a crowd.
0: Yeah, they all resonate with each other. Sure, sure. So how does one qualify – For rehab?
1: Uh, It takes a qualifying diagnosis and an order from a physician. So um, for Medicare and other insurance programs, you have to have qualifying numbers from a pulmonary function test uh, to qualify for CLPD. But if you talk to your primary care practitioner about this and you decided that it's the right fit, um, we can help determine if your insurance will cover the cost.
0: Okay. Um, So... Maintaining a healthy weight is important. So obviously a diet is important sure, in that. Sure. Do you want to kind of talk about um, just eating right for maintaining weight?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm not a registered dietitian, so they're more qualified than sure. that for, uh, for that than I am. But um, we, we recommend, you know, eating whole foods, not necessarily processed food, you know, um, Hot dogs and macaroni and cheese <laughs> taste good, but they're not good for the waistline and for several <laughs> other things. You know, we, we want you to fill your half your plate with fruit or vegetables, a quarter of the plate with, you know, grains and then a quarter of the plate with um, lean proteins. Mm-hmm. For people with very severe COPD, and I'm sure we've all seen those little barrel chested people, you um, you know they can burn up to 430 and or to 720 calories just breathing wow you can you can tell how labored their breathing is so for those people we encourage eating extra protein hmm. you know whether it's in uh, small meals so hmm. your belly isn't pushing on your diaphragm which is the muscle that's underneath hmm. the lungs yeah. you know if you eat every meal like it's thanksgiving dinner you know it's hard to breathe mm-hmm. we've all experienced that yeah. uh, maybe if you do five or six small meals throughout the day and of three large meals or, you know, eat some protein or, you know, if you're able to eat nuts, eat nuts in between meals to help sure. boost that protein.
0: And I, w- I will say um, last night I had a little too much to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my stomach was like really out. And, right. Um, and My dog just comes up and just lays on my stomach. Right. And it's like, oh, man, it's hard to breathe. <laughs> so I never really thought about, you know, eating less so it's not pushing up.
1: Yeah, for those people who have COPD, they have air that, are tra- that is trapped in their chest cavity. Mm-hmm. You know That's why they get so barrel-chested. So if you have trapped air inside the chest and then you have a bloated stomach pushing on your diaphragm, it's understandable that mm-hmm. you aren't going to be able to take in a lot of air. Huh. It's going to make you short of breath.
0: Interesting. And um, another plug for another episode that we actually did recently, and I will get that tagged in the description, is we did have a um, – yeah. Clinical dietitian on the show, so yes, I um, listened to that. Yeah, we really went into a lot of different uh, diets and things to eat. So I will tag that in, so you can listen to it if you would like. So, um, so proper breathing techniques. So I guess that goes into um, really strengthening the lungs themselves.
1: It's to help with shortness of breath. It's You know, it's human nature. Um, you're here on the seventh floor. Have you ever walked all seven flights of steps up?
0: Once, and uh, I said never again.
1: <laughs> right. And what do you do? Uh, you open your mouth and you pant. Uh-huh. That's just ineffective breathing. You, you're taking in short bursts of air, and that doesn't help you rebound very quickly. Um, what we encourage is something called purse lip breathing technique. It's breathing in through the nose, blowing out through the mouth, through purse lips. Those people with CLPD are prone to... Um, Airways that have a tendency to narrow or collapse. When Mm. you blow out through those pursed lips, it helps create back pressure in the lungs to help splint those airways open Mm. to help make it easier to get air in and out. It also helps you to rebound quicker. If you think about activities like mindful meditation or yoga, they have you do that type of breathing activity. Mm. It, It helps to naturally bring down your heart rate, your respiratory rate, your blood pressure. It helps you to rebound more quickly. Um, also, people with COPD tend to use the, those muscles in the chest. You can you can see it when they're trying to breathe. Uh, we encourage something called um, abdominal uh, breathing technique mm-hmm. where you're, you're actually, um, when you breathe in, we want you to move the, the muscles of your abdomen out as you're breathing in. And then when you exhale, push those muscles of the abdomen towards mm. the spine. And you can actually feel your, your diaphragm drop lower mm. when you're using moving those muscles of the abdomen out of the way. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's
0: really interesting. Um, so uh, are there any other just uh, breathing techniques that someone may think, you know, maybe I have COPD, and maybe I want to try out some breathing techniques to help me out a little bit?
1: Uh Really, those are the two main types that mm-hmm. we try. Um, we really encourage that purse lip breathing technique. Sure. That's what we encourage everybody in our pulmonary rehab to do. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you for those people who are short of breath, um, walking from point A to point B in your house, um, stop if you need to along the way. Uh, but you know, sit down or or lean against something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to help support your weight and, and breathe in through your nose, blow out through your mouth. Don't pant.
0: Sure. Um. So early warning signs for lung infections and exacerbations, can you go into that a little bit, what to look for?
1: Sure. So for those people with COPD, we give them something called their COPD stoplight. And for the yellow zone, those are the signs and symptoms that we want people to pay attention to and get in touch with their doctor if they're having problems. So if you're short of breath at home and you've tried that lip breathing technique, if you've been using your daily medicines for breathing, maybe you used your rescue medicine for breathing, you've done everything you you can for yourself at home. You Mm -hmm. need more help. Um, We want people to pay attention to their cough. You know, is the mucus thicker? Um, Is it changing in color? Typically yellow or green is a sign of infection. So uh, the earlier that your physician can help you get over that infection, then the less likely you are to develop bronchitis or pneumonia on top of whatever lung issue you might already have. Okay. Um
0: Okay. Let's talk about medications. Um, So you say some medications can help people with COPD. So what kind of medications are there? How do they help?
1: Um, We have short-acting drugs and long-acting drugs. Typically, your physician will um, prescribe some type of long-acting drug that he wants you to use either once a day, some of the medications are used twice a day, and then maybe a drug for rescue. It seems like sometimes people get those kind of confused. Uh, they'll either use all of them when they think they need them or mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe aren't using those maintenance drugs twice a day. If you use those maintenance drugs for COPD, it will actually help slow the progress of the disease and can help prolong your life.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Um, And uh, oxygen is prescribed as well, correct?
1: Correct. Uh, You have to have a qualifying number. Um, So when those people come in that we qualify for oxygen, um, we use a pulse oximeter. Most Mm -hmm. people are familiar with those. You know, the nurse will put it on your finger when you Mm. go to see the doctor. It gives them the heart rate and the oxygen level. 88% is a qualifying number for oxygen. Mm. So when we do oxygen qualification, we'll check that oxygen level at rest to see if you need oxygen at rest. And then we'll walk you and see if you need oxygen when you walk.
0: Okay. And more about oxygen that um, I'm a little curious about. So how is it, you know, that you have the oxygen tanks and it typically goes in their nose, right? Right. Um, How are their bodies not absorbing the oxygen just through breathing alone?
1: It's it's not necessarily um – that oxygen that we give you is supplemental. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're getting what your body is making on its own. But when your oxygen level is low, it's not hard on the lungs, it's hard on the heart. The heart beats faster to try to get more oxygen to all the tissues in your body. Mm-hmm. So you might need that little boost just to keep that, the oxygen level where it needs to be. And how does For those people with COPD, they, uh, if you think of the lungs as an upside-down tree, um, with the windpipe or the trachea being the tree trunk, uh-huh. as those airways branch out, they get smaller, just like in a tree. So where you'd have a twig in a tree, at the end of those twigs, we have leaves. Mm-hmm. In the lungs, we have little air sacs called alveoli. When you smoke, that's what's damaged in the lungs hmm. is those alveoli. And that's where the gas exchange takes place. Okay. There is a honeycomb membrane in that alveoli, and that's um, a very thin membrane. So that's where your blood drops off carbon dioxide and picks up oxygen. Uh-huh. Then when we breathe, we exhale that carbon dioxide.
0: Okay. All right. That, and that answered my next question. So okay. that was awesome. <laughs> that was a great answer. So um, – so see your doctor on a regular basis. When should you decide, you know, I'm having difficulties breathing. When is that moment when they need to see their doctor?
1: Uh, well, what we just. Disc- What I described earlier, you know, if you're short of breath, you try that lip breathing technique. If you have medicines that you use at home and you're still short of breath, you've done everything you can for yourself Mm -hmm. at home. Uh, That's when you need to reach out to your doctor. Uh, You know, maybe they know that flu is going around or, you know, that they might think you have a bronchitis or pneumonia. Maybe they want to see you. Maybe there's something they're willing to prescribe over the phone or have -hmm. have some suggestions for you. Uh, The important thing is, you know, a lot of people – um, you know, with a doctor. I took my mom to see her doctor yesterday. She mm-hmm. she has an appointment every three months. And that's just a wellness checkup, you know, sure. uh, just to take a peek under the hood. Uh, mm-hmm. She orders labs just to make sure everything's going okay. We just want to encourage people that if you have a regular standing appointment with your doctor, don't go because you're feeling well. Go, go anyway. You right. know, uh, maybe there are other issues that That the physician might uh, have or, you know, they want to keep a check. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, the the point is they're trying to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's those regular appointments are part of that.
0: Right. OK. Is there anything else that you would like to mention that we didn't talk about before we close out here?
1: Um, uh, One more thing about the oxygen that I want to touch on. Um, It's a drug. It's prescribed. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody sees those people on TV with those antigens and they're lightweight and they're battery operated and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Don't just order one of those because you think you need oxygen. I encourage you to talk to your physician. You know, uh, you you need that prescription for oxygen. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And (laughs) there is such a thing as having too much oxygen.
0: Okay. And what can too much oxygen do? Uh,
1: it, uh, <laughs> Dr. Watson used to uh, preach about the, the free radicals on ICU. It can actually do damage to the lungs. It can huh. burn the lungs. Really? Yes. High doses of oxygen for too long.
0: Huh. And you see athletes and stuff. I mean, they'll have oxygen masks
1: mm-hmm.
0: on their faces, on the sidelines and stuff. Is, can that damage
1: Uh, Probably not because they're not going to sit there the rest of the game with that oxygen mask on. But, uh, you know, just because you see an athlete do it on TV doesn't mean you should do it at home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's the case a lot.
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right.
0: So, well, all right. Well, that was a lot of great information. I want to thank you again for joining me today. And.
1: Uh Thanks for this time and letting me share the information. Um, I also want to encourage people, you know, if you're going to look something up online about your lungs, Uh please go to a reputable site. (laughs) Um, The COPD Foundation was founded by a man that had the alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, which is the congenital form Mm. of emphysema. He he founded the COPD Foundation, and you can find that site at www.copdfoundation.org. Or go to the American Lung Association website, mm-hmm. uh, www.lung.org. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just um, take the advice of somebody you saw on TikTok or, right. or you know <laughs> any other type of social media.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can find any source online to back up.
1: Yes, whatever, whatever you're thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's reputable or not. But, right. um, but all right. Well, that's great. And I will get those websites put on the description as well.
1: Okay.
0: So. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you again for joining me and to everyone else. If you liked what you heard, definitely uh, like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And we will catch you guys next week.